0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Emotionally Healthy Leader podcast. I'm Pete Scazzaro.
1: I'm Jerry Scazzaro.
0: And our title today is Why Bottling Up Our Emotions Kills Spiritual Growth. Yep. And uh, so, Jerry, why don't you start with it? Why, why does bottling up our emotions kill spiritual growth or depth or development?
1: Well, actually, when you say the word bottling up, it almost sounds like a person knows they're doing it. But in reality, most of us don't even aren't even aware of the fact that we're suppressing our emotions it's just the way we've always done life we don't pay attention to them but um so that's number one but bottling up our emotions why it's dangerous to spiritual health and maturity is because in a word you're really limited in your ability to love others well if you are not aware of your feelings.
0: Okay. So let's hold on to that because this is a life and death issue, how we handle our emotions integrated with our spirituality. Mm-hmm. And so why don't we just start? Because it's such a vast topic. There's so much to it. Let's just start with a bit of our own story. Uh how I know we came we came to Christ at 19, both of us. And we had 17 years in Christ, in discipleship, et cetera, before we actually began to integrate our emotions into our walk with Jesus. And uh, so why don't we talk how our families did it, how it began. Why don't we tell a bit of our story as background, and then we'll dive into our skill, Explore the Iceberg today.
1: Okay. Yeah, why don't you start? Yeah, sure. So
0: I, you know, I, you know, came to Christ at 19. So when I came to Jesus, I had already come out of a family where we did not do certain emotions. We did anger. Uh, Again, as I shared a couple of weeks ago, there was a lot of abuse in my family. And so uh, as a child growing up, there was no way I could be vulnerable, sad, uh, even angry, uh, because there was no room for it. And so I had suppressed so much of myself and my feelings my entire life. I came to Christ at 19, that I was given a theology for that on top of it, that in me dwelleth no good thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it was fact, faith, feelings, believe the word of God. Have faith in the word of God and your feelings are last. That was the caboose. Mm -hmm. And so I considered sadness uh, really weakness and a sin actually like that. No, I have faith in God believe. And I've prided myself in my, Steadiness, my stability. And that's why I saw myself as a leader from the very beginning mm. I was in leadership. But I was kind of like, saw myself as kind of like the rock. And I was mm. proud of that because other people would be up and down, but not me. I'm, mm. I'm going to be steady. Mm. So I built a whole theology on rejoicing in the Lord. Mm. You know, with his help, I can scale a wall, you know, Psalm 18. And so now I had my family of origin. We didn't do certain emotions. Then I had my whole training and formation as a leader from seminary to leadership conferences, et cetera, the pastoring the church, I'm mission-driven. Uh, and so I just, I didn't have any kind of theology or integration of emotions. It was like, just don't feel it. It was anything mm. that's gonna hurt potentially the cause of Christ. And uh, so it was suppression, it was repression, and I actually thought it was quite godly. Mm. And uh, so that was my story. And I wasn't, I couldn't, it's had such implications for my leadership, our marriage, Uh, My ability to be present to other people, because I couldn't be present with myself. So I had a lot of inner conflicts Mm. and anxiety and fears and stuff going on, but I just kept shoving it down. I kept shoving it down because I just got to keep going. And it wasn't until we had our own wall in our marriage that you forced me to have to look at some things that I wasn't looking at before.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And for me, as you know, I came out of a family that... um just didn't do the what we call the difficult feelings right so we didn't do hurt we didn't do sadness we barely did disappointment we certainly didn't do shame um and so yeah i came in into the church really with thinking that spiritual maturity was about gaining skills skills in Bible knowledge, skills in sharing my faith, skills in prayer. And leadership was then passing on those skills to other people. I mean, that's the discipleship. Yes. You or I were, I, we yeah. were, we had the best discipleship at the time. Yep. Um, and it was, discipleship was transferring what you've learned to others. And so, but none of those skills uh, were about what's going on inside of you. The heart... Uh, was desperately wicked, yeah. so you didn't pay attention to your heart in the sense of you know what you were feeling or whatever. So yeah, uh, leadership was training other people, et cetera, et cetera, but being very frustrated. I would I would be frustrated a lot with yeah. people because well people human beings ho- human beings have emotions and I didn't know what to do with those emotions other people were having.
0: You used to say a lot. Um I don't I don't know where we got it from. We used to say we're we're half human beings. We're not even allowing ourselves to be human. we we've sliced off half our humanity. Yeah, I don't well, know where that came from. But
1: well that was post-EHD. Yeah. yeah when post. I, right. Post EHD, when I realized the how critical emotions are, not just to, to my humanity, but to my spiritual life and maturity. So I remember also being in the environment of people and feeling very nervous, especially around emotionally mm-hmm. needy people, I I would have an, almost an allergic reaction around emotionally needy people because I didn't know what to do with them. They were having emotions, which so I would avoid emotionally needy people pretty much at all cost. And um, so I wasn't, you know, that was. I wasn't leading very well. I didn't know how to lead in that area because I hadn't discovered my own emotions. But then in terms of our marriage as well, for um, no ability to sh- really share deep, intimate feelings or even yeah. surface intimate feelings. I And I remember in particular anger because anger is the one emotion my family did. But we did anger with each other. We never would show our anger outside of our home. So yes, I'd be frustrated with people at church, but I would never let them see my anger. At least I thought I didn't. I mean, I'm I'm sure I was leaking. I'm sure my body language was carrying it. But the thing about anger in our marriage was because anger was handled irresponsibly in the home that I grew up in, uh, Pete was not allowed to get angry with me. But I was allowed to get angry with him. So I had, I, for years and years, well, again, pre emotional health and discipleship, I could not even be around angry yeah. people. But that is because I couldn't accept my own anger, right? So, in other yeah. words, I couldn't accept other people's anger because I couldn't accept my own anger. So, that's a real key yeah, yeah. to this whole journey into, um, yeah, and we'll, in emotional health. So
0: we'll get to this we we'll get to the leadership applications okay. but we were all bottled up.
1: Yes, and yes. I there, was very bottled up.
0: I was very bottled up and the reason this is part of the emotionally other relationships uh you know part of the course is because without feeling you can't love. We didn't we loved each other but we didn't know we right. didn't know how to. We right. we were just so limited. And we were so limited in our ability to love people in our own our own kids, our uh, the church everything was impacted. So this is, this is so dramatic. I mean, we're, you're such a different person today. I know I'm, I'm a very different person today, but it was that beginning to feel and we were in our mid to late thirties when we first started to give ourselves permission to feel and it was a revolution. I know for me, again, the the world went from black and white to color. It was, it was, it was dramatic and, and uh, it's just a, it's just a gigantic biblical issue. And so this life and death issue of learning to feel became part of the course, emotionally, the relations, because without it, we can't grow into loving people. Now, before we continue, we launched this podcast for leaders like you who are facing complex pressures in order to live and lead out of a deep inner life with Jesus. The demand for this kind of content has far outpaced our resources to deliver this message. Your financial partnership will allow us to reach more leaders in under-resourced countries where this message is critical. So I want to invite you to join with us today by giving at EmotionallyHealthy.org give so that together we can radically renew the leaders in God's church around the world. Thank you for your support. Now back to today's topic. So one of the skills of this eight core skills that we landed on is called Explore the Iceberg. Mm -hmm. So actually, the skill is very simple, but underneath is a lot of theology, a lot of theory, uh, and that we ask people to journal. What are you mad about? What are you sad about? What are you anxious about? Mm -hmm. And what are you glad about? Mm -hmm. Four very simple questions, but just to begin to get people to exercise some feeling muscles before the Lord. And we get people into, you know, I, we give a theology for it from, you know, two thirds of the Psalms or laments. David's got this massive range of feelings. Mm-hmm. Jesus does mm-hmm. as well. We got mm-hmm. books like Jeremiah mm-hmm. and Ezekiel and uh, yeah. Job. Mm-hmm. You know, get the, the scriptures, the Hebrew scriptures are full of tremendous emotion before the Lord. Right. And I, I had, at least myself, had lost all that. I just had, didn't have any category for seeing scripture From as what as what it was, versus imposing on it my kind of enlightenment, post enlightenment, family of origin, culture, bad theology, and I wasn't receiving or even reading it well. I I just remember even the Garden of Gethsemane just didn't have any category for a Jesus sweating drops of blood, sorrowful on his face before the Father, wrestling like that kind of raw emotion like that just didn't fit god in the flesh.
1: So yeah, yeah. I mean yeah. sadness, anger and fear seem to get a really bad, bad rap. rap in in the church. You know, people take um yeah, you know, do not be angry or don't let the sun go down on your anger as to mean never feel your church. anger or do not fear, right? Which the Bible says many many times. They take that to mean that they should yeah. not One feel verse.
0: fear or, do, or rejoice in the Lord always. So don't be sad.
1: Right, right. And if they say it twice, <laughs> again, I say <laughs> rejoice in the Lord. Right. And so we've we've really distorted scripture, scripture, and we've distorted our humanity.
0: Yeah, and so to, to to for to for me to finally recognize, oh my goodness, I don't know how to feel sadness. I don't really, I don't, I don't let myself even go there. It's just so unbiblical because we have a whole book called Lamentation. So that was mm-hmm. that was radical. So honey, I just want to say again, as I said on the last podcast, when I think of what you were like pre mm-hmm. exploring yeah. the iceberg, becoming free of emotionally, who you are today, I just it's two Jerry's. You're you're a different person, different wife, you're you're a different leader. You're unrecognizable. <laughs> Really uh in the person you've become.
1: Thank you. <laughs> <And I> feel, <laughs> That's a compliment.
0: <laughs> I know, I feel unrecognizable. Oh, okay. I feel alive and human these last, you know, few decades. Yeah. And I can't imagine how I lived before. And what's really sad is I was all locked up. Yeah. I was all I was I was like in a straitjacket.
1: Yeah, I mean our body our bodies wear it on yeah. the outside and on the inside. <clears throat> and um yeah, our emotions, I think we're probably gonna get into that about yeah. the the need for them to be processed and if what happens when we don't process them
0: so why don't we just give them before we go through the five leadership applications why we say emotional maturity and spiritual maturity cannot be separated you can't be spiritually mature while remaining emotionally immature so i've got to become aware of what's happening inside of me Uh, And we use the image of the iceberg. That's like our classic image that 10% of an iceberg is visible, 90% is invisible. And we're going after here in this skill in particular is getting beneath the iceberg of what's going on in a person, a disciple, a leader's inner life, because everything's going to flow out of that. So we're trying to help people give them some handles to get in there.
1: Yeah. And I'm just going to reemphasize earlier, I mentioned that for me, spiritual maturity somehow I had caught or been taught early in our Christian journey that it's about learning skills. Yeah. And but yeah, love got thrown in there, but we weren't, I just didn't know how to really love people. Yeah. Um, so that was not a skill that we were taught. And that's what this the emotionally healthy relationship course is about is how do I love people? People, practically, I like to say, it's doing the Bible, not just yes. reading the Bible, it's doing the Bible.
0: As, we, as I said to a pastor today who's, who was remarking how he doesn't do feelings, mm-hmm. uh, and I said, you can't love without feelings. And he's like, yeah, that's my problem. It's really hard to care for people and feel for people. Love and feelings go hand in hand. So let's Yes, they do. So let's go in some why this is life and death. Let's make a few leadership applications, all right? Yep. Number one is this. Uh, Jerry, uh you said to a pastor leader in our School of Emotionally Healthy Leadership recently, you said your ministry to other people is so limited because you only do anger. You mm-hmm. said your whole ministry is limited because the only emotion you do is anger. Now, what did you mean by that when you said that? Why is it so limiting if our range of emotion is really narrow to something like anger?
1: Yeah, well, because... Um, To become a whole human being, you have to experience wholeness. I mean, wholeness and spirituality go hand in hand. Mm -hmm. Part of salvation is leading people, leading ourselves and people into wholeness. And a critical part of wholeness is integrating, embracing, and integrating your feelings. And so... Uh, I can't, I can't lead other people into wholeness if I haven't been led into wholeness myself. And I can't, um, I can't enter their world. I can't enter their, I can only enter their world to the extent of what feelings I myself allow myself to have. So I can't enter your world of hurt if I have not experienced my own hurt. I can't enter your world of fear Or sadness or shame if I haven't entered my own world of sadness, fear, or shame. So you can imagine this was a revolution in our lives Mm -hmm. to be, to get on this journey of knowing, becoming aware of what's going on inside of us and then accepting it and learning how to process it. It was becoming truly free.
0: Yeah. Jerry. How about this person who said to you, uh, in your group, if I let myself feel, Jerry, I won't get anything done. <laughs> like, oh my goodness. I don't take a lot
1: of time. Yes, that is true. That is true <laughs> because, you know, again, um, you know, in, in, in leadership, we have a lot to do. There's a lot of tasks to do. And, um, they said, Well, how am I? I am afraid if I start doing this work of paying attention to my feelings and processing my feelings, how am I going to get all my tasks done? Now, it's true that this takes time. Reflection on what's going on inside of you. You have to slow down, you have to be present with yourself. You have to then identify the feelings. You have to accept the feelings. And then you have to know what to do with the feelings. And I'm, yes, that does, it, it yeah, takes time. time. But it leads to so much more fruit because you're not running around like a chicken with your head <laughs> cut off. Just doing, 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 doing. You're now becoming aware of yourself, your motivations, et cetera, et cetera. So yes, yes. Emotionally healthy discipleship will slow you down. It will um, it will mean limits, but limits are important for leadership, and uh, I think limits are important for loving well. And but I, I I can we both P and I can testify to this. You will work less and accomplish more. Absolutely, your fruit will be better
0: you're Exactly. Exactly. So we limit. I mean, I think of myself and us. We are leading a church and several hundred people at the time when we came into this, learning to feel, got our theology corrected in a sense, began to explore what was going on in the inside of us. It changed our entire church because all of a sudden people were free to be to to, to express themselves. It was safe, and it was like it was like David. A person could pour out themselves before the Lord and others, and it was a safe place to be.
1: Yeah, I mean, it wasn't like they were in, you know, in small group, and all of a sudden everybody was, you know, <laughs>
0: vomiting feelings.
1: Yeah, vomiting <laughs> feelings. It wasn't like that at all. We're helping people lead them into wholeness and into their true self in Christ by by not um, ignoring the feelings, by being attentive to them, and of course, a really significant piece of all this is. How is God coming to me yes. through my feelings? That is huge. Okay, hold that.
0: We'll get to that. That's very. Oh, we could jump to that. <laughs> that no, no, it's good. Let's go to that. Second big application is that when we don't do our feelings, we're missing so much of God's direction for our lives. Now, God speaks to us in so many ways, right? Scripture, obviously, nature, circumstances through other people. But God lives inside of us by the Holy Spirit, and he speaks from the inside out. Mm-hmm. And so if we don't feel, again, think of David pouring out his soul before the Lord and all those 150 Psalms, there's a material, God's coming through our emotional world, especially in areas that are not morally right or wrong. Do I move to Kansas? Do I move to Dallas? Do I take a job as a social worker? Do I be a teacher or a lawyer? In other words, these are morally neutral, but God direct, has a direction for us as we listen for his voice, And Ignatius has done the brilliant work on this. Uh, Mm. And how do I discern through my feelings? Is this the Holy Spirit? Is this the wrong, you know, the Antichrist spirit is the wrong one. He calls them consolations, desolation. That's a whole discernment. It's lasted 500 years. And that changed our lives to begin to listen to our delights, our joys, as well as our desolations, things that were bringing us death. That was, and it still has over the decades, revolutionized us Mm Because it got us out of everything being in our heads, I think, and it just freed us. So I mean, we could talk about it. let's 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 land here for a few minutes. This is so big, and I I'm always telling pastors, you don't understand. You don't want to do your feelings. You're missing God speaking to you. And I realized Huge. I missed so much of what God was saying to me for so long because I wasn't allowing myself to feel. I thought it was a sin.
1: Yeah, and you know, I think for me it was freedom. It was feeling so set free because I could now. By by being attentive to my feelings, by admitting them. First admitting them. Okay, I'm angry or I'm jealous or yes. I'm scared or whatever. I'm hurt. By first admitting them, I'm becoming I'm in truth. As long as you don't admit something, you're really not living in truth, and you're not bringing your real self to the real God. So I began to, as I began to admit the all my feelings because mm-hmm. they were bottled up. You know, then I could begin to discover and face which ones were 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 sinful, yes. not the feeling itself, but what was behind it, you know, um, whatever, a motivation yeah. or, and then I could learn about other feelings, which were so important that were rising up in me because they they were God coming to me and how I need to be living my life according to how he built me. So, I mean, it was just, oh my goodness, it was, oh yes, it's learning how to process them. So, as, as we say, how is god coming to me through this what is dross in me that needs to be burned away that i become mm-hmm. more like christ and what what in me needs to be have a light shined on it yeah. and so that i am living uh you know into that and becoming more my true self so for example um in pre emotional discipleship um Pete was running around like a chicken with his head cut off and I was just following him and just temper. Those were the days. (laughs) Oh Lord. (laughs) Uh, Temperamentally we're very different. Um, He has a greater capacity for being with people, et cetera. And I'm more, I need more time alone, but I didn't know any of that pre-emotionally healthy discipleship. And so again, uh, learning, I, I can now identify when okay, I've I've been with people uh, to an extent that's healthy for me. Now I need to take a break yeah. and get re-energized, um, or just even how we would spend free time. Mm-hmm. Are we going to you know do Pete's thing or we're going to do my thing? Because okay. my thing is nature, and his thing is a bookstore. And again, even how to recognize that and validate that in each other. And that's why it does get, it's tricky navigating this when you're married, because you're two very different people. And at least we began to discover how different we were when we began to identify what we were feeling and why we were feeling. And that was really, really helpful. And, And then, yeah, it is a journey learning how to navigate your differences, but you have to first acknowledge your differences. And there's a lot of differences once you begin to probe the depth of what you're feeling. We That's often true. say that, you know, we're married uh, 40 years next year, and we're, in terms of knowing each other and the depth of one another and what lies inside of us, we're only on the shores of the tip of Africa.
0: Isn't that the truth? <laughs> and even even being back to feelings being an avenue of discernment of God's will. I remember allowing myself to feel, say we're in a strategic planning meeting and we'd be talking about maybe opening up a new service mm. or a new campus or we're, we're, we're rushing to make a decision and I could feel my body just oh just a heaviness and, or a exhaustion. and I used to just push through it. but now I was like, whoa, whoa, wait a second, God, the Holy Spirit's living inside of me and that sense of death, I'm feeling is because we're rushing. We're trying to make something happen. We're 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 ahead of God, and I and I did listen to this. I need to slow down, and I began to restructure how we did our team meetings of making sure there was space for silence and our inner lives, as well as doing the external work of how we're going to continue to reach out. So I so I began to listen to God inside of me. Yeah, and remember that our saying the body's a major prophet, not a minor prophet. Mm-hmm. That our body's often way ahead of our understanding yeah. and we've got to listen to our, what's our body feeling in a conversation and uh, in yeah. a situation.
1: Yeah. That, that tightness in your chest or that, that panic in your stomach or the tightening of your shoulders or a migraine. I mean, those are all probably messages, you know, telling you something is um, you need yeah. to pay attention to that because that it's leading back to some kind of feeling. Yeah, But I also, I remember how I began to grow also in our marriage. I was so, if you remember, I mean, I was so weak at feeling. I had to develop feeling workouts for myself. This is before we, yeah. this tool. <laughs> and so I would stop twice a week yeah. and start writing down based on the interactions I had that day. I would think back to those interactions. Okay. What did I feel in that interaction? Mm. And then I began to be, you know, again, it's not easy being honest with yourself but first you have to be honest with yourself Mm. rigorously honest with yourself about what you're feeling and that's where i began to whoa i began just to be rigorously honest myself with myself what i was feeling in each one of those situations and i remember you had called me one day um and it was you know, it was probably about four o'clock and you said, Hey, oh um, God. you know, Julio called me and he'd like to meet at six o'clock. And I know that's our dinner time, but, um, you know, with, would, would that be okay? And I did my normal default because I was still young in this journey. And I said, uh, sure, because you know, I, being no is like being mean and, um, we got off the phone and then I thought to my, I, it, it just hit me right away. I, I had a feeling and I realized I had lied that I really did mind that you were not going to be home at six o'clock because that's an, an incredible hour for, you know, pre-dinner with the kids, yeah. uh, pre-getting them ready, sure. h- homework. I mean, there's so much going on and i I had actually lied to you, but that was always my default. Yes. Mm. I was always saying yes when I, I meant no, or wa- wanted to say no. So I, I called him back immediately and I said, you know what, honey? No, I actually, I realized after I hung up with you that it's important to me that you come home at six yeah. and you were like, fine. Okay. It was great. But it was a big growth moment for me.
0: It was huge. Yeah. It was huge. So it was to the sort of third big leadership application is, which is not just we limit our people, not just if we don't do our feelings, we're not hearing God in, in ways he wants to come to us from the inside out. But a third is it kills healthy community. Oh,
1: yeah. If we
0: don't create communities mm-hmm. where people are given freedom to feel before the Lord, what's going on in, in them, uh, we create kind of fake communities. Yes. And, uh, you know, we joke around, right? We, we, How are you? Good. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. Everyone's good in this fall. group. Everybody's good. But no one's actually being real. And that's when people would say, I, I get more authenticity out of a 12-step group than I get out of church.
1: Well, yeah, except I don't know who those people were because they weren't in our church because they didn't. Well, maybe so it was the, some of the 12-steppers because most of the people in our church didn't know how to feel either. But um, hmm. I... Po- Post emotionally healthy discipleship. Once we got on this journey, and we were leading and and creating healthy small groups, mm-hmm. and learning how to share, you know, authentically and in healthy ways, appropriate ways. I'm I'm horrified. I was horrified at when I think back to the pre emotionally healthy discipleship small groups that we led that. What's going on in people's lives? You really have no No idea. idea. And I'm like, what kind of community were we leading? But once you begin to um, integrate um, emotionally healthy discipleship into your.
0: And explore the iceberg is one classic skill. That's because it's part of your language. Remember you used to say unprocessed emotions don't die, they get buried alive. Yes. And so it always triggers floating around. Remember we'd be triggered, people would be triggered, but we didn't know what to do with like, well, where's that coming from? Like, what are you feeling? What's going on inside of you?
1: Yeah, well, you're just, right. Once you integrate this into your life, you're not afraid of people that haven't learned how to become aware of and unprocessed emotions yet but you' you're not afraid of them because you've felt all those feelings yourself and and you actually know how to then lead them into integrating this into their life That's great
0: Let's move on into our final two here we got to close but you know another big application for leadership is the degree to which we feel, especially sadness is the degree, the degree to which we are compassionate people In other words, love is going to flow out of especially entering into that vulnerable emotion of, sadness, grief, which is a universal everywhere, uh, in the world. And, uh, and if we don't grieve our own losses, we are so limited in grieving anybody else's losses. A famous quote by, by Henry now. And, and sadness is probably the most difficult emotion for a leader because it's about being interrupted and about a loss of control. And it's just like, and, and
1: maybe looking or feeling weak, the yes. feeling of weakness. I, most men and women don't want to, who wants to feel weak? Yes. But when we are weak, we are strong. Somebody and, said that.
0: And so we're going to create communities that are safe and non-judgmental towards the world. We've got to allow ourselves to feel the griefs of life so that people experience us as safe and present. Yes. So that that's huge. That's yeah, huge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and so I we just, you know, even the, la- the last application about why is feeling so key? We've talked about how do people discover their voices, their true self and get rid of the false layers. And we talked about silence. That's worth a whole other podcast. That silence is before the Lord is key to discerning our true voice.
1: Of course, because in feelings si- are as Yeah, well. well, because in silence, I mean, there's different kinds of silence, right? There's silence when you're listening to God, and there's silence when you're listening to yourself, mm. and sometimes you're integrating those two things, but you can't listen to yourself without silence mm. okay you might be able to catch some things here and there on the go but mostly it's really important to have silence to kind of it's when i'm in silence that i can hear what's going on inside of me so otherwise Beals. it's going to leak out yeah. which, you know which goes back to i forget what well, i think it was point number i don't three. know three jumped around but yeah yes. but when well we you know what happens when we don't feel well? Oh, they get buried. It was the they point get about getting alive. buried alive. What happens when they get buried alive? Well, they come out somehow. Mm. They come out in triggers. <clears throat> they come out in migraines. They come out in other. They come out in heart issues. They they you know all sorts of physical ailments can be led back to uh, suppression of emotion. Yeah, and so really, really important. Or, and we're leaking them, like we were talking about healthy community. Well, people are just leaking their anger, or their fears, yeah. or their shame. I mean, which come out and triggers all the time in our communities. If we haven't taught people how to, um, you know, again, be aware of their emotions and, and how to process them. Very, God gave us our emotions to be paid attention to. Yes. I like to I liken them to a GPS system. Mm. Our thoughts and feelings are internal. GPS system that lead us. And, um, when we don't pay attention to those, they will go somewhere. They'll either leak out, be projected onto other people or something, or, uh, they'll get internalized into your body physically in an unhealthy way.
0: That's great. Thank you. You know, uh, it wasn't, we don't know if Helen Keller actually said this, but, but it's a great quote anyway. Uh, attributed to her often, which says she wrote, or he wrote, somebody wrote, to be unaware of feelings or reject them is worse than being deaf or blind. It's existing rather than being alive.
1: Well, rejecting feelings is a form of deafness and blindness. Mm. Wow. A very significant form of deafness and blindness. Wow. And... Yeah. Again, we're wow. you're you're definitely handicapped when you don't feel, and you are deaf and blind to many things wow. in life when you don't feel. That's
0: great. Well, that's why we're we included Explore the Iceberg as one of the eight skills that made it for transforming a culture, a community, our discipleship. In the new family of Jesus. Oh, absolutely. That new family of Jesus, we actually feel. so interesting. I, and I remember myself for years reading Psalms, reading Job, and saying, well, if, they, if David can talk like that or Job can want to die, it's okay that I want to die or be depressed. And it gave me permission. I journal every day as part of my lo- time with God. I'd be, have silence. I'd have prayer. But then I would have journal. What, did I, what am I feeling? Because mm. I was so bad at feeling as well. And mm. once those muscles got strong, it was just so, so... So liberating. Mm. So, let's encourage. I want to encourage you, all of you listening. Please uh, get a hold of part two of the emotionally healthy discipleship course. It's called uh, emotionally healthy relationships. You can get it as a participants pack. You can get it anywhere. At our website, at our store, at emotionallyhealthy.org, or Amazon, or Christian books, yeah, every, anywhere. Uh, or you want if you want to get a preview of the emotionally healthy discipleship course, part one and two, you can get a free preview. On our website, just go to org slash preview.
1: Can I just add something? Please. Okay. You, of course. Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> So, again, the re- the other reason we have this skill is in this course is because we included things that where we were sorely lacking in our, our, our own discipleship. Traditional discipleship. In our traditional discipleship. And... and when we finally um integrated feelings into our humanity, because it was like we had been amputees mm. and or and and not that we literally didn't have our limbs, but they were they were just were never used. Yes. and so they were kind of laying there limply, and Good image. we began to, yeah, it's just it's so critical that people learn how to feel as part of their discipleship, part of and part of growing into wholeness and salvation.
0: Irenaeus' famous church yes. father wrote, the glory of God as a human being fully, fully alive. alive. And we want people to come into our churches mm-hmm. and be in leadership and be human beings fully alive. It's one of the great gifts we give to the world. Mm-hmm. And uh, so may the Lord bless you. We pray that uh, this will encourage you to get on this journey. And uh, mm. investigate further, exploring your iceberg and getting free in Jesus. So, thank you so
1: much, honey. Thank you so much. Thank you, honey. Thank you. Bye. Bye.